The opinions expressed by the guests and contributors of this podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Cornell University or its employees. Welcome to another episode of the Inclusive Excellence Podcast. Today, we are speaking about mentorship with longtime Cornell colleagues, Barbara O oh and Kate Thompson. We will talk with them about their journeys at Cornell and how they found each other and forged a mutually fulfilling mentoring relationship. My name is Toral Patel. And my name is Aaron Sembler-Chase. And you are listening to the Inclusive Excellence Podcast. Welcome, Kate and Barbara. So good to have you here. Can you please introduce yourselves um, for our audience, if you want to share what pronouns you use and what you do here at Cornell? Hi, I'll start. I'm Kate Thompson. My pronouns are she and her. I'm the director for the Pre-Collegiate Summer Scholars Program, commonly called PSSP these days. And I'm an alum and have been here for quite some time between my undergraduate time and my professional career. That's awesome. Good to have you here, Barbara. I'm uh, Barbara O. Oh. I'm the Associate Director for uh, Health Professions Advising Center. We call that HPAC for short. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm also an alum, and um, I've had the honor of being here quite some time as well. Well, it's great to have both of you here today. I know that you don't work in the same department, so I'd love to hear a little bit about your professional journeys and how you know each other, um, how you connected here at Cornell. Yeah, so I'm at Kate at the Learning Strategy Center. So I was the assistant director, and that was my role previous to, to HPAC. And uh, I recall that um, one of the first meetings we had uh, was like a team meeting. And so, you know, PSSP and LSC kind of lived together under uh, the vice provost of undergraduate education. And so that's how we initially met and started to, to work together. Kate, how about you, your professional journey? Oh, my professional journey is a long one. It is now <laughs> decades long. I will admit to that in public. Um, I started at, I want to say my professional journey started as an undergrad here. Um, I was lucky enough to be a very involved student in my college and in the university. Um, so when I left and went home, I graduated, went home to New York City, I actually got an offer to come back to do mm. some counseling in a temporary position, Really, which I decided that I would take because it was a wonderful opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, and that began my Cornell career. Doing some wonderful things in that temporary position got me a permanent position, and on and on it went. And so I was in the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences as a growing professional for close to 35 years. Oh my. And my work there spurred an offer for my current position, for me to be offered my current position in the Learning Strategy Center as the first director, the first full-time permanent director for PSSP. And so where then I get to meet Barbara and we hit it off like from the start, even though we weren't quite doing the same things, it was a match made. 
And that was something that um, I learned about the two of you. You know, I've I've known Kate for so long because I used to have the privilege of working in the PSSP program way back in the day. And then I met Barbara just over the years in in the Learning Strategies Center. But it wasn't until I attended a social event uh, where we were celebrating Kate's many distinguished years of service that uh, Barbara was talking about the relationship that you all have. And I was just so intrigued to hear how you formed a connection, even though you didn't even really work, you know, in the same things. And and what you really emphasized, it was a mentoring relationship. You really talked a lot about the mentorship aspect. And so I'd love to hear more about that. You know, what does that mean to you both? We hear friendships, right? We hear colleagueships, you know, we hear coaching, we hear those terms. And they get conflated sometimes, but they're not all the same thing. So what does this mentorship mean to the two of you? And how has that looked in your relationship? I have to say, one of the great gifts that I got in the early part of my career was to have a couple of people in my life, in my professional life, who explained mentorship to me, Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to friendship. You know, of course, they're my friends, and I love them dearly. But as mentors, what they did for me was they were my sounding board. They were the place I could go and say, this is not going right. This is da-da-da-da-da. But they also add some critique in there. They'd mm. ask me some questions. You know, they'd ask me about what my part was in it. And so that it really made me think. You know, once I got past the complaining or the <laughs> I'm excited about, they were like, okay, so you got this great idea. How are you really going to pull it off? Ooh, I have to think about it. Yeah. And that I truly appreciated. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I remember getting when I was a young professional was that the best time to look for a new job is when you have a job. Yes. Mm. And because there were times I felt like I was always quitting. And they were like, mm, don't think you're going to find a job just because you quit. Right. Mm. Um, and because I had lots of great advice like that, part of what I knew that when I got to be someplace as a professional was that I was going to do that for others and say, you know, this is what I can do. You know, I'm not going to buy your house. I'm not going to buy your car, but (laughs) I can help you. You know, I'm not Oprah Winfrey, so that's not going to happen. But what I can do is help you navigate your career as best as I can help you do that Mm -hmm. Um, while being your friend, you know, whether that career stays here at Cornell or whether it moves on. And that's what I hope that I've done for a number of people in my time. I think for me, there's a lot of overlap. And if I were to kind of maybe boil it down a bit, mentoring for me feels very organic and natural. And it's people that you're drawn to for for whatever reason. There's some shared life experience or some commonality. Coaching feels a little bit more intentional and active. You kind of pursue it based on some professional goals. And it could be personal as well. For me, that mentoring has just been much more intimate in how the relationships evolve and how the mentoring looks ultimately. And it's much more two-way, like both mutual mm. um, than coaching might be, although coaching can be as well. Um, but it's it's much more like a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that aspect of it makes me feel like it's something that is much more diverse in how 
I approach it and who I seek as mentors and then seek as mentees as well. Um, so that aspect, maybe the structural aspect of it for me is is very unique. And throughout my time at Cornell, the mentors that I have had were all people who came to me in some sense and took a minute out of their very, very busy schedule mm -hmm. to care. So it's going beyond their job description and saying, what about that human side of you? Mm -hmm. And the not necessary to the goal of the meeting or the appointment or, or whatever we're trying to work towards. And I'm going to add to that. I, I really want to emphasize something Barbara said. It's about knowing who the person is, mm -hmm. knowing sort of how they work, how they think, how they feel, how they approach the world. Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard to mentor, and I think it's one of the differences between mentor and coaching, because I think you can coach someone professionally without knowing this, but I think you can't mentor someone successfully without really being vested in them as a person and knowing who they are, mm -hmm. because I think the advice part just doesn't work. You have to know when you can share what kind of advice, when they need support versus advice, all of that sort of thing. And so I really think that's important. Yeah, there's uh, bits and pieces that both of you just talked about that kind of really resonates with me. Um, I think the first thing, Kate, that you mentioned is that it's somebody that helps you navigate your career, right, which is slightly different than a friendship who kind of maybe helps you navigate your personal life, right, which could be a whole different path. And then, Barbara, you, you mentioned this piece about the fact that it comes very organic and that it's natural. Yeah. But there is this caring component that comes into play. Um, and I think, yes, you... It's about knowing who the person is, but it's also about caring about who they are and where they want to go and, and, and kind of picking up on those pieces and helping them get there. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that I like that you said that it's organic, but yeah. yeah, you really need to be to know the person and be invested because too many times I've seen or heard, well, you know what? You should really get a mentor. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just go <laughs> go to the store and get a mentor, yeah. you know, yeah. send up the mentor bat signal. I don't know, you know, and just get somebody like it's like it's not that simple. Like you said, there has to be a connection. There has to be a foundation that would even make you think that this is somebody that you can trust to not only only to have to share what's going on, but what you said earlier, Kate, be able to take the critiques. Because, yeah, I'll go to my friends when I want to vent, and I want them to say, yes, absolutely, you are right, yeah. they are wrong. <laughs> but you, you need that mentor to be like, yes, and maybe think about it this way. But it's got to be somebody that you've got to rapport and a connection with. Otherwise, that's just going to shut it down. Yeah, that almost makes me wonder about those professional like mentorship programs that mm. a lot of organizations have. Like, how does that work, right? So yeah. I agree that this organic piece, this natural component, like that really speaks to me. And I know that a lot of organizations have these programs that people sign up to be mentors or mentees. That almost seems like that's maybe more of that coaching component. Mm -hmm. And it could lead to a true mentorship relationship as you build on that relationship. But initially, I don't know that that could be there because it's not organic or natural. I totally agree. 
you just can't be assigned someone right. and think that they're going <laughs> to mentor you. Yeah. Right. They can easily coach you. They can guide you. Yeah. Right. Um, but they can't mentor you. And when I'm talking to folks, and even when I'm talking to folks that I mentor, because I'm a believer in that you should have multiple mentors, mm-hmm. um, I say, you have to interview folks. You have to talk to them. You have to get to know them. You've got to make sure that they see where you want to go. They see how complicated your life is. Um, because it, I, I think it's very easy to give advice and say, you need to do this. Yeah. But is that possible depending upon what's going on in your personal life or right. what you may be dealing with in various ways? So. It is that piece where you have to say, okay, I I think you'd be good about some things, but mm, maybe you're not my mentor. Maybe you're just (laughs) my position coach. And that's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. we we can have those. Um, But, yeah, one should really check out and make sure because mentors should be long term. Mm. They shouldn't just be about being in this space in this time. And I think there's value in in having – I have mentors and coaches, and they serve different functions, as Kate is mm-hmm. saying. And and for me, when I need help from someone who has more wisdom and experience and expertise, to do that metacognitive piece, that self-reflective piece, but with someone who has more data, more information, then it's an easy way to do something that's hard, right? That looking inside, figuring out what my next steps are with guidance, With a mentor, you know, with Kate specifically, for example, she, you know, Erin, you said it so kindly, this yes and maybe. (laughs) And because Kate and I have done the work to build our relationship Mm -hmm. and that vulnerability and trust and being open, she will straight up tell me no. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) And it is the one person in the world from whom I can and want to hear no. And it doesn't hurt my feelings. It doesn't attack my identity or my values. It is, she's looking out for me. Yeah, that's wonderful. You did the work to build that trust and that relationship, yeah. Well, even as Barbara was speaking, it was so funny for me because I'm listening to how she's saying this. There's a logic that runs. There's a linear logic that runs through the way that she speaks. And it's one of the first things that attracted us to each other because we both have this linear logic for how we think. And we'll stop and we'll, you know, we'll be thinking about a project and we're like, oh, wait, there's this piece. And we'll be able to sort of map it out. And it's one of the things that connect us that don't connect us in ways to other people. You know, this logical way of thinking is putting one step after the other really is helpful for our relationship because... Even when Barbara will say something back to me, you know, she'll give me advice. She'll give me feedback. And I'm like, okay, again, not hurting my feelings. It doesn't have to be sugarcoated. It's just there. It's a fact. It's a this. It's a feeling. It's something I haven't calculated into the conversation that we were having or into the solution that we're looking for or where we're going. And that one can't assign One has to find Mm -hmm. people who think that way, who work that way to make it click better. So can we go back just like when your relationship first developed? I would love to hear a little bit more about I know you mentioned that it was organic and there are some certain things that you just clicked on. Did it start out as 
one mentee and mentor and that did that change over time to both of you becoming mentors for each other how did that relationship start and how has it evolved it seems sort of insta it's like we mm-hmm. saw each other and we we're like oh i think we'll get along <laughs> <laughs> it was love at first sight for me yeah. <laughs> quite quite honestly i i think i i just head over heels fell in love with kate and i can tell you my first memory of kate and it was i think i started on a tuesday and it was a team meeting so we had we had at the time lse team meetings were on tuesday mornings and um, we were dealing with a crisis situation. And I just remember being just floored by how Kate handled the crisis, the mm-hmm. people in the room, and then creating space for debriefing and being human outside of that physical conference room. And I had never seen it done that way before. And it wasn't, well, I'm going to hide my feelings. I'm going to be fine and then cry alone in my office. She also was like, I'm torn up by this. This is not good. And here's what I need to be okay. What do you need? And then it just, I had never seen that play out before. I'd read about it in books. <laughs> I'd heard about it in podcasts. <laughs> I read about it in literature. Yeah. You know, you study the theory and yeah. we all go to school for this, right? But to see it in practice, um, for me, it was this, wow, this is this is a stunning human being, and I I need to I desperately need to get to know this person, Aww. and um, but like I very rarely remember my first interaction or first meeting with people, but with Kate I I remember yeah that's pretty amazing Kate how do you feel about that I'm verklempt. <laughs> I, I love strange words, and that, <laughs> but that really does sum up where I am in this moment in time. Um, wow, thank you. I appreciate that because um, I I remember, and yeah, it was it was a hard time. Um, I wish mine were that deep. I just remember seeing Barbara and knowing that she had become a part of the team and and thinking to myself, um, there was something about her that I just knew we would get along. I was Mm. like, I would have been amazed if we didn't get along because that it just felt like that from the moment I saw her. And then the mentoring part, you know, I want to say there was a getting to know each other and the friendship came first and then the mentoring part came soon after and and being able to talk to each other about different things and so in that now mixed our personal and our professional lives and the way we think and the way we plan and yeah yeah for me i think it was the seeing me in her And vice versa. I know that she said Mm -hmm. that about me as well, where there are some things that are comfortingly universal about the Cornell experience, Mm -hmm. about being a Cornellian. And it was hopeful because Kate has been here so long, she could point out to me the places where the institution had evolved or improved and how my experience, even though we have this shared experience of being Cornellians, how it was different Mm -hmm. in a positive way or in a different, neutrally different way because of, you know, the times that we are experiencing the same institution. And then I remember thinking, you know, I did 
undergrad, I did grad, I, I just started working and I was like, where am I going? Am I going to, am I going to be okay? And then I was like, uh, I look at Kate and I'm like, wow, she's okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's like more than okay. Okay. I think I'm going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think it's interesting because both of you talked about how, you know, just, you know, Barbara, you said love at first sight um, and just, you just knew. I think it's important for our listeners to know because they can't see you is that, you know, you don't necessarily, it's not like you look alike, right? You have some different no. identities, right? You, you, you span some different age periods, that sort of thing. And I think that that's really compelling because it's, it's not like you were just trying to seek out people who, you know, you could clearly identify with. You were open to connecting with people who could be really different, but yet you saw something, you know, in Absolutely. each other. I just think that's really interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our origin stories are very different. I was born in Korea and immigrated to the U.S. when I was two, but I very much identify as simply American. Um, and, and I had a very different experience growing up than Kate did. Yeah, I am African-American from the South Bronx and actually born at Weill when it was still Cornell Med really? Center. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. And so my mother always said, oh, I guess this was destined once yeah. you found the university. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so having hardworking parents um, who had been in the country for a long time, but then that hardworking strain and being a common bond for us. Mm-hmm. And so... I think if you saw us on a shelf and said, should we put these two together as mentors <laughs> or mentors and mentees? I don't think anyone would say, mm, yeah, that's a natural match. It's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I think so it was different. But there's just some strains about our life experiences. And I've gotten the opportunity to meet Barbara's parents. And they're wonderful. But how we sort of came up through life Mm -hmm. and how we got to Cornell and just an understanding of, I think, different people in general Mm -hmm. that really makes us work and makes it effortless work. So, you know, Barbara, you said before about how knowing that Kate is somebody who has a lot of wisdom, a lot of accumulated wisdom and years of experience, somebody you could look to almost like, you know, in the future and be like, yeah, I'm going to be okay. You know, we talked before in our podcast about how this is a unique time in history and that we have five generations represented in the workforce at once, which has never happened before. And at some point, it might be a long time before that happens again. And so hearing you two talk, it seems as though having a mentor-mentee relationship across generations, you know, there could be a lot of value to that. There could be a lot of value, a lot of, um, you know, a lot could be gained. And it's also just a great way to bridge, you know, generations in that way. And I'm wondering what you think about that. You know, has that been part of it? The fact that you do sort of operate in different generations, has that contributed to what you have each gained? And right before you answer, even adding, like, as you both mentioned, that you have different races, different backgrounds. So even aside from generations, there's other differences um, that both of you bring. And so adding that component as well. Those are multiple part tough questions. I know. (laughs) Erin and Tolior, yes. Um, And I thought about this, maybe not as directly with Kate, but more in general, Mm -hmm. right? Because I want to be thoughtful 
and intentional about how I navigate and work with and support my team and colleagues and campus partners too. And I think some of the tensions that I've felt being a younger professional, closer to the start of my my work life and, and, and Cornell, you know, professional journey, oftentimes, you know, people can see me and I will say my resume does back this up, but they will see how I present and make assumptions about my technical background mm. or my ability to navigate certain software or mm. new things or um, learning abilities and, and familiarity with certain things that are associated with certain generations. And it doesn't help that I can do this. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I, 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 can, I, I can own that part, right? And so I think there are some tensions that occur where I have to check myself and say, but you have those skills. So are they coming to you because you've got those skills? Are you making assumptions about how you are being perceived? And it's both, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. both. And, and it is all of those pieces. So sometimes I will complain to Kate about these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way that Kate has helped me see it is – not even this linear, they are doing that or they're not doing that, right, that assessment, because there's no way for either of us to really know. Right. But it is, you know, a couple of things. Is this impeding your way towards the goals that you have? And if not, how do you use this as an opportunity to keep getting towards your goals? Can you invest in that as another relationship that you can invest in um, by helping them out? What do they get? Is this an opportunity for you to show them how they might be approaching it in a way that's not sensitive or thoughtful? Is there a learning opportunity for you, for them? And just, you know, how do you expand your network? How does this help? Right. So that can we change the situation? No. Is there anything you can do to stop that? No. So <laughs> so then because um, she will take time to do the they did what? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because she's also my friend. Right. So she gives me the space to do that. And then, as Aaron says, and, right, it's that and, um, and how do we make this work for you? And so that you mentally can wrap your head around this so that you're not struggling with it in a way that's not productive or healthy or, you know, and not to toxic silver line, you know, that positivity, but just if it's in my brain capacity to work this in a different way, and it's your choice to do that or not. I think how it helps me when I think of working across all our seemingly differences, it's as a professional, it helps me stay more acute and, as I think of it, young as a professional mm-hmm. because I have to put myself in someone's shoes regularly. It's not about saying, well, in my day, you know, we did this <laughs> and we went uphill both ways. Um, that's, that's not how this goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has to be an active listening piece. This has to be able to say, well, how is this different than when I was in Barbara's shoes in my day? Mm-hmm. Um, and what are the different pieces? How how are we doing this? Um, what might she be handling that I didn't have to handle then? Or that I handled then that I can make easier for her to handle now. And that takes learning and thinking and listening on my part as not only a human being but a professional 
And I'm grateful for that piece because I think it's very easy when you've been doing, well, when you've been in an organization for decades to not remain an active learner. And people in education talk about being, you know, active learners, eternal learners forever. But how do you do that in every piece? And and certainly part of it is learning new software every year, going to conferences, things like that. But it's also how do you help other people navigate? And how do you see this place differently than it existed 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever years ago for you? And know that other people don't have all of that. So it can be difficult coming in and having to navigate it wherever they may be. I'm now understanding something that Barbara said very early on, and I made a note because I was like, oh, I want to hear more about that. Without even asking, Kate said more about that. And that is that Barbara said mentorship is a two-way street. And immediately I thought, well, how's that really possible? Like, right, if I'm the one I'm asking for mentorship, I'm getting everything out of it. But Kate, I think you just illustrated several points so beautifully as to what being a mentor has done for you in terms of active learning and, and kind of staying in tune with what other people's experiences are and has made you a better professional. I, I just think that's really interesting. I think that's why this is so hard. Because we can acknowledge, I think most of us can acknowledge that there are multiple generations mm-hmm. and that we have differences. Mm-hmm. That is, relatively speaking, easier than actually understanding those differences. And that's also distinct from accepting those differences, right? So there's multiple stages. And I think we work with such wonderful people that many of us acknowledge that these differences exist and that we can work around them, through them, problem solve, all of those things. But understanding someone truly and deeply, seeing and understanding someone takes tremendous, tremendous effort And understanding doesn't happen in a vacuum. The other person has to feel seen and heard for that understanding to actually take place. And I think that's what's difficult because the gaps could be small or they could be very big. I agree. I think it takes some work at the beginning. It takes, and rather than work, I think it takes commitment. You either want to do this or you don't. (laughs) Yes. Uh, There have been people who asked me to be their mentor or people who told me, you're going to be my mentor. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's just not. Well, there goes my idea of asking you to be my mentor. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, because I'm not seeing where we're going to be able to get to a place That's going to be beneficial. And I'm not going to be a mentor for someone who I can't be helpful for. Right. Um, I'm not always looking to get something out of it. It's the process that keeps me learning and growing and whatever. So it's not like I'm like, oh, yes, I want to be your mentor because you're going to teach me these, you know, softwares that I'm having trouble with. No, there's something else that it's the learning and being invested in people and learning them that allows me to be a good mentor and allows me to learn as a mentor. So it's not taking on everyone because it is a commitment. And I think for, you know, when I'm working with our students that I try to help them see just from my own learning is that 
you know, like with networking, sometimes they can unintentionally approach it from a more transactional or extractive sense. And I try to help them see that there's such a lost opportunity there to make it mutually beneficial long term and productive and reproductive, right? So, you know, mentoring relationships don't always have to be top down with someone who's older or more insert adjective there right so they should be horizontal and diagonal and down and and you know up just all the different ways because we each have areas that we excel at regardless of our age or experience or background and so to be really creative and so I think there's that throwing back to coaching is much more structural mm-hmm. and technical or learning based. And then the mentoring can be a little bit more creative and artistic, perhaps, right? both necessary for different reasons. Yeah, I think it's a good question to explore, right? And so if you have individuals on campus who are either thinking that they would like to build a mentor-mentee relationship with somebody, what kind of advice would you give them? Love at first sight, not required, (laughs) but certainly helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think before folks seek a mentor, they really need to do some self-evaluation and think why they want a mentor and what they would like a mentor to give to them, Mm -hmm. um, provide for them. So I think it's impossible to do it without knowing that. Um, If you're going into it just thinking, oh, you know, I want somebody who's going to tell me how they got to where they are. Hmm, okay. There are lots of books that do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) You can go to lecture. You can go to conferences. There are lots of people saying that. But really, what is it that you want out of the relationship? Because it is a relationship that you have to build with your mentor, you know, and figure that out. Because then you have some meat to go out to someone to say, this is why I would like for you, because you can't tell someone they're going to be your mentor. <laughs> you right. have to ask. Um, this is why I would like for you to be my mentor. You know, you've done these things, and please always do homework. And knowing who the person really is mm-hmm. that you're asking, and these are the strengths that I see you have, I know you've had some pitfalls along the way. Pitfalls are always a learning experience and wonderful to have. And I think we would be good together because. And offering, you know, sort of how you take advice, when you need advice, what would be good. Those things bring some detail to the party of asking for a mentor because then it not only says that you're really thinking about the relationship, but it says that you're serious about the relationship. Yeah. And so so that's always my advice when, especially when I'm turning folks down, um, I, <laughs> I will always give advice. I may not always mentor, but I will always yeah. give advice in saying, you know, the next person you approach, do this before you get there yeah. and then really think about how you approach them. You know, and if, if you've done enough work, maybe we'll come back together again in the future. But, you know, do this stuff first. And part of that self-evaluation and that work, that individual needs to be okay with getting a no as a possible response, right? Because you never know what else the person that you're asking has on their plate or what else they might be involved in. And so you need to be okay with that as an outcome of that conversation as well. So true, so true. Mm -hmm. And with that, don't put all your eggs in the one basket. It can only be so-and-so. Well, you don't want to be a stalker. It can (laughs) 
if so and so got to that place, other people have gotten to that place too. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. They may not look like you. They may not have the same history that you do. They may not be at the same institution mm. that you're at. But there are lots of folks who are phenomenal mentors at many different places. Yeah. Well, you said earlier, Kate, you you have many mentors, and you you really advocate for that, like you said. And I would imagine that because we you appreciate that different people can provide you different perspectives depending on what it is that you're going through, right? You're going to need something different, and not no one person could be all things right. to somebody. Yeah, exactly. And it's about timing as well. I may not be able to get a hold of a certain mentor at a given time. And I can then go to the other one going, listen, I really do need some feedback on this. Or I go to multiple mentors because I have three main mentors and I will go to the three of them and they give very different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And if they all end up in the same place and it's where I am, I know I'm right. Mm. (laughs) If it's not where I am, I know I'm wrong. Yeah, But usually it's, you know, sort of mix and matching of sort of where I think I need to be. I agree. And I think part of it is you have to be willing to expose yourself to a lot of different situations and be in a lot of different places. I tend to be a little bit more introverted and I was encouraged uh, to do Hellcraft. It's a five-day leadership program. It's full training for lots of people on campus, whether they supervise or they're not supervising individual contributors and leaders to really come together and think about their own leadership approach. And I was fully prepared to do work in between the sessions and at lunchtime. It was a, like a busy time in our cycle for, for work. And I did not open my laptop a single time the entire five days. And that is actually where I gained another mentor who is very close to me in age, uh, but is in alumni affairs and development and has just a very different perspective on the university because they are not student facing and they don't have the central camp. They're on Seneca and, you know, they're not on central. And yet Thank God for them because I may not have a job without the work that they do, right? Like just having that perspective of that part of the university and how it operates and how it fits in with what we do centrally, student-facing. So this person really helps me with the optics. You know, this is the external perspective. This is what the landscape looks like outside. And that perspective I would never have gained if I hadn't been exposed at craft to people from from facilities, from the library, from AA&D, from Lab of Ornithology, just all over the university. So it's not always, you know, what are my professional goals? And I want to be like Kate when I grow up. So I'm going to ask Kate for, you know, career advice. Right, right. Yeah. You know, I'd also love your, your suggestion for people who maybe are at a point in their, their life or their career where they would like to be a mentor to somebody. And, you know, again, hearing you two really flesh out what that looks like from the mentor's perspective, you know, do you have any suggestions for how somebody can create that opportunity where they can, you know, really give of themselves to somebody else? Being a mentor is so much harder (laughs) than being a mentee. And I say this to Kate, where I 
am now moving into a point in my career where I have mentors and I'm now taking on mentees as well. And it it's a lot to be in this position. It feels heavier, but also there's gratitude and a little bit of surprise for me, a little bit of bewilderment in that I am now in a place to take care of people instead of just receiving care. And then it's like, do they really know what they're, (laughs) did they, because it's like me, me, right? And and that doesn't come from a place of, you know, feeling insecure or not enough. It it is just complete bewilderment, I think. And being in a new space and, and feeling a little bit foreign and, okay, so how do I take what I've received and learned internalize that and now apply it in different situations with different people who are unique and distinct and have new things coming up and for the first time had to say I don't think I'm the right fit for you Mm. as a mentor because of x y and z and then I felt so bad (laughs) I felt I felt so bad and that was a learning moment for me in terms of What are the things that I can do to address that? How do I continue to support this person? Um, I don't feel bad about feeling bad, if that makes sense. I think that's part of me, and I'm I'm happy that I felt that way in some ways. Um, But, you know, I kind of have the, what would Kate do in my head? Mm -hmm. As I become a mentor or take on more of these mentor roles, thinking about how I received and and then how I want to be a mentor because I want to be unique in what I offer as well. Something that Kate said earlier, kind of doing that own self-reflection that continues in this journey. I think so in in being a mentor because, again, it's that commitment. So you've got to make sure that you have time for this person in your life because it's non-predictable. It's not that, oh, on Friday we're going to do blah, blah, blah. You just never know when something is going to pop up where you have to take a pause and really be there for them. Um, One of the things that I always tell people who take on mentorship is that I'm grateful. You know, there's a gratitude that I have every day for being in a place where I can give to someone else. If I'm doing this well, I'm contributing to someone else's career, future, life. And I don't take that lightly. And I can't take it lightly. I'm not trying to build mini-me's. I'm trying. (laughs) In spite of the fact that I am a mini (laughs) Well, you were a mini-me since birth. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way of getting around that. But my thought as a mentor is to help other people navigate the things that they have to navigate and the best way to get to where they want. Even if that's taking pauses at times, that's fine. But to accomplish whatever they want, whatever they're seeking in their life, that my information, my expertise aligns with for them. I think one of the, because I'm very, I can be very, as uh, Kate mentioned, linear and logical. So I was (laughs) trying to think about what was the most impactful and meaningful thing a mentor did for me that made me feel, period, like feel full stop. And it was when Kate or my other mentors would have genuine joy and happiness and celebrate my wins even when I didn't 
or I didn't want to and then would cry with me and suffer with me and be sad with me. And for me, that's the metric. If I am trying to take on a mentee, if this person gets that job offer or that promotion or gets into grad school or builds a family, am I going to feel as if that was my own accomplishment or my own challenge? Am I going to go home with it? Am I going to sleep on it? And if I feel like those are the things that would happen if I can kind of extrapolate and project, then I feel very comfortable saying yes. And this is why mentorship is difficult for me because I am very outcome learning objectives and outcome based <laughs> and, and measurable, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is a thing that you can't measure quantitatively. Like right. You can't quantify it. And yet I was able to put together this guideline for myself and then trust my feeling and gut and make a decision and commit to it without regret or doubt or did, was this the right thing? And that's, for me, mentorship being challenging but rewarding at the same time. Well, I really, I have learned a lot. First of all, like I said, I've known Kate for years, yet I still feel like I learned so much more. Thanks. Thank you both for, for joining us today. Thank you for having oh, us. this was a great yes. time. Twill, I really, really like the conversation that we had with Barbara and Kate. You know, you hear about mentor, mentor, find a mentor, and like you said, all these mentoring programs. Yeah. And, but, you know, it's kind of an elusive term sometimes. It's like, well, what does that really mean? And what does that really look like? And not that it's going to look the same for everybody, but it was just really nice to really flush out what that experience has been like for both of them, what has gone into it, you know, what they've gotten out of it. Uh, it was just, it was really, really interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think that was a fantastic conversation. I think there were some great strategies that they shared about what a successful mentorship yes. looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love this discussion. Be, you know, we talk about the differences between mentorship, friendship and coaching, yeah. because yeah. I think you mentioned that, that they're all distinctive yeah. um, and they're unique in themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that really struck with me is this idea that mentorship is very organic, yes. right? And yes. it's natural and it just happens. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not a, you, you know, necessarily, it can come from a pro, an official program, yeah. but if, if that relationship isn't built, right. um, it's not going to go anywhere. No, it can't be forced. Right. And, or like, like Kate said, assigned. Right. You know, <laughs> it's just not, you could try it, but you know, it doesn't guarantee it's actually going to go anywhere that way, you know? Um, and you really do have to feel a connection with the person and be able to see where you have a chance to learn from them, but then where you also have a chance to help them right. and make them better, you know. And we learned that from Barbara and Kate, right, that they weren't in the same department, yeah. not necessarily even doing the same type of work. And yet there was something about and for them, it was about their organization skills yeah. and their linear thinking that yeah. really connected the two of them. Yeah. Right. And so it's finding those unique things that connect you mm-hmm. uh, with somebody to and and really focusing on making that a long term relationship. I appreciated that they emphasized that, that it's a commitment. Yes. You know, that it's a commitment, but not in the sense of like Kate said. It's not a, okay, every Friday we're going to have coffee at right. noon. You know, it's not that type of commitment necessarily. It's a commitment to invest in the person. Right. To invest in the person and invest in the relationship, which I think is important. 
it is much more about being a sounding board and guiding and advising in a way that meets what they need, not just to espouse your own right. <laughs> experiences and wisdom. And and keeping that in mind, the other part that really kind of resonated with me that they said is that it takes work, right? We explore this in multiple different formats. It's like when you're asking somebody to be your mentor, you've got to do the work, the pre-work, right? Like get to know them, uh, what what their background is, how, why you're connecting with them, right? Mm-hmm. And then actually asking somebody to be your mentor. Yeah. Um, and then the kind of the work shifts on both of you, right? As mm-hmm. a mentor, there's a lot of work that you have to do. Like yeah, like you mentioned, it takes that commitment component mm-hmm. that you have to be committed to helping this person be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as a mentee, you have to be okay with appreciating that you're going to get some critiques. Right. You're going to get some tough questions. And but that, that is what that relationship is supposed to be. Like I said, I got my friends to, to tell me I'm right and everybody else else as well. But you need, you know, you need that other person in your life that can really help you think through some of the situations and, and where your where your opportunities might be and how you how you reframe, how you shape your path. Yeah. And then the last thing um, I will say, I mean, the whole the whole conversation was just fabulous. Um, But the other thing that really stuck with me is when Barbara mentioned that it's now that for her, the shoe is on the other foot and she's becoming a mentor Mm -hmm. to a lot of people. That is so much harder. Right. Um, It's heavy. And yet it comes with a lot of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I know that they didn't quite use this word. But I think it also comes with a lot of pride, right? Yeah. When when the person that you are mentoring, when w- their successes become your successes, mm-hmm. I think that, that comes with a lot of pride. Mm-hmm. But there was a key component that she mentioned that really stuck with me is that the greatest mentors are those who are there to celebrate your successes with you, but they're also there to hear when things aren't going well, yeah. to commiserate with you uh, and kind of yeah. to be in that space as yeah. well, right? It's Because yeah. you can't just be on the, the, the positive ends. Right. you got to be there when, when right. the person's experiencing the negatives yeah. too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That That is what makes that important. And I also appreciate that what you get out of being a mentor is not just about what you're giving to the other person. It's how you, it's... It's making you a better professional. It's making you, as she said, being an active learner and be in tune with what your colleagues are experiencing and what their workplace is like for other people. And it really gets you out of your own mindset a little bit and stretches you. And I think that can only make you a better colleague. Yeah, and I think this component was uh, implied in a lot of the conversation we had, but I truly feel that both of them having this amazing relationship, and for them, it's now led to like a co-mentor-mentee relationship mm-hmm. this far into, you know, this this process. I think it's probably increased their sense of belonging, not, yeah. um, not only within their individual departments, mm-hmm. but also here at Cornell, too. Absolutely. It helps you feel a little less alone. Yes. On those days that you're feeling alone. So all the more reason, I really hope people out there listen think about this and think about ways to try to find that type of relationship for themselves because it can really go a long way. I agree. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of the Department of Inclusion and Belonging in collaboration with the Cornell Broadcast Studio. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and submit a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps new listeners to find us and the show. For the latest updates on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging at Cornell, be sure to visit diversity.cornell.edu. My name is Erin Sumbrichase. And my name is Toral Patel. We would also like to thank our co-producer and sound engineer, Bert Odom-Reed, as always, for making us sound amazing each and every episode.
Thanks, Thanks Bert. Bert.